0: Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back inside the Wrestling Warzone, Zone, a minor wars podcast retrospective series, episode number 75 upon you tonight. I'm JT, and joining me as always is my partner in the show, that is Chad. Chad, how are you? Doing good. A March Madness in the air. Hmm. Uh, you, you, used to be
1: WrestleMania season, but I can't <laughs> say I've, uh, I'm, I'm not one of the jamokes that's waiting on Cody to debut on Raw, so I've not been watching, but... <laughs> More power to the people
0: that have. Yeah, yeah. Still WrestleMania season. Still March Madness season. Baseball season now, finally, as well. Uh, the lockout, thankfully, is over. And it's been a, a hectic week, um, honestly, as we record this. Like, NFL free agency has kicked off. Baseball's got this, like, sped up free agency. All the March Madness stuff. Like, it's it's, it's been a lot to keep up with, honestly.
1: A lot like going on for my Georgia teams. Uh, mm
0: Pretty much from the
1: Calvin Ridley $1,500 bet through the end of the Freddie Freeman era and the Brave and Deshaun Watson. I mean, by the time everybody hears this, uh, he'll probably have a landing spot. But Mm -hmm. on the day we're recording, there's rumors swirling that he may come to the Falcons. So we'll, we'll see what all shakes out there.
0: I saw a comparison with the Freddie Freeman thing to uh, Don Mattingly and Tino Martinez, like how they the difference, obviously, is Mattingly was cooked at the end of 95. But, um, you know, they kind of decided to part ways with him and he decided to retire. And then they brought in what could be kind of like, you know, unpopular first baseman. They made a trade and it ends up being uh, a younger version that ends up being a star and helps him go forward. So maybe, Chad, you'll get the Tino experience with Matt. Yeah, and that's he'll...
1: that's interesting. I, I... You know, a lot of people today have been talking about, like, pull Holtz, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. in retrospect, the Cardinals did kind of cut bait with him when it was time. Um, I don't know. I, I never know on some of this stuff. It's difficult because you're not in the negotiation room. I mean, it does feel a little cutthroat, you know. Um, right. It, if Freeman was not informed of the trade, I mean, I, I would— I would say I would have at least have liked to hear, you know, hey, we we got this deal that's, you know, going to happen. Will you take? Uh, Because, I mean, I think it's just the year's thing. I mean, I think if Freddie would have done like a four for 130 or something like that, like there's no doubt. Um, But he wanted six years, it seems like. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see what he gets. Yeah, I mean, if he goes to the Dodgers or whoever, and it's six for, you know, one sixty or something like that, then yeah, it's like, oh, come on, but we'll see. Yeah,
0: it seems like they're just using other teams to run run up the Dodgers at this point. I think I feel like every hour there's like a new team thrown in the mix. That's, yeah, uh, right down to the Jays, Rays.
2: Blue
1: yeah. Jays seem popular. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about Olsen, a hometown guy. Um, yeah, I mean, last time I was this excited about a free agent signing was uh, Justin Upton, which mm-hmm. didn't work
0: out too great, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, Upton was a little, like, he had had a couple down years, right, before he got there, or no, was he still? Uh, no, team? he was
1: still, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, this guy's, like, on the precipice and could be, you know, getting into that MVP conversation, and okay, right, right. never. Because you would have thought like him paired with Hayward, you know, Freeman was coming up then. So it looked like a pretty intimidating team heading into that 2013 year and just
0: never worked out. Well, we'll see how things... Move forward, but like we said, it's a very uh, exciting time in the world of sports, and lots of news is flying. It's been hard to focus at work, for sure, and, and elsewhere. <laughs> because yeah. It's just like every two minutes to get like another alert for another big move, and then, of course, all the March Madness stuff as well. Uh, also red hot, is the Monday Night Wars, Chad. We uh, only have one show to talk about, though, tonight. We are talking the August 26, 1996 Nitro, because Raw was preempted due to the U.S. Open. Yeah,
1: so kind of a weird, uh, you know, we get we get it a couple times a year the dog show and the U.S. Open, uh, so this this is a pretty big opportunity for Nitro. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get into it. I thought they executed it really well in some areas, and as we'll get to, they kind of downplayed it in other areas. So uh, they do have two weeks uh, because it's what it what what is it championship role. Thursday or yeah. Friday, the Friday. 6, yeah, Friday, Friday night. 8. So, so next Monday they're also unopposed. Um, I, I needed to look up. I wanted to look up when Monday night football. I wonder if mm. that was that would have been the week after though.
0: Yeah, because that would be Labor. I don't. They usually didn't start Labor Day. I don't yeah, think. they
1: wouldn't have started Labor Day. Um,
0: only there see. was one time I remember them starting Labor Day, and actually. It might have been this there's one season in here where they started Labor Day because it was the year the Jets actually that might have been like ninety eight. The year the Jets and 49ers played, I think Labor Day was later yep. when they started that week, because that was the Glenn Foley game where they lost it overtime. And they threw like four hundred yards.
1: Yes. Nineteen ninety six, week one,
0: Monday, September second, Cowboys okay. at the Bears. Okay, so that was one year. So, yeah, so maybe for a couple years they started earlier because I definitely remember that Jets 49ers game happening um, during one of our family Labor Day parties, so... Uh, it, it's interesting timing, too, because obviously this airs every other Thursday North Northout Connection, rotating with uh, Extreme Three-Way Dance, our ECW podcast that I'm on. And we're right around the same time, Chad, as these are airing. So for a couple episodes here, we're pretty much all dialed in in August of 96, which is, which is kind of cool to, to have these all kind of coincide at the same time.
1: Yeah, all coming together for a little bit. And then uh, just in the way it works with you guys generally churning through about three or four weeks of tv and then a super show Mm -hmm. in a month and we're you know about uh six shows (laughs) in every 12 weeks so you'll be passing us pretty quickly but yeah for now it's cool to be around the same point in time
0: yeah quick meteor coming through because we do talk (laughs) um and our most recent episode was we hit the labor day episode of ECW with Shane Douglas right. mixed comments with the Jerry Lewis telethon and all that. So right. Um, talked about that, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, raw's on hiatus. We'll get too straight on post nitros, but, um, we will have that raw championship Friday and we'll talk about that once we get there. So why don't we head inside the Manatee civic center in Palmetto, Florida?
2: Yeah. Palmetto? Uh,
1: no. And I will say, I think, you know, we've ragged a pretty decent bit on some of the dinghy raw
2: mm-hmm.
1: arenas, and I think this is the clubhouse leader for the worst-looking Nitro <laughs> Arena we've been in. This, uh, I mean, this is a convention center. Now it's the Bradenton Area Convention Center. Um, it's a 4,000-multipurpose arena uh, in Palmetto. I mean, and it looked like it. I mean, it looked like, you know, what you could tell in the background, this is kind of one area where they kind of have a little bit of the convention center curtained off and bring in the big bleachers. And
0: there's this the... is definitely where like Dean Martin played one of his last shows in front of like 3,000 <laughs> convalescent homers. Yeah. <laughs> they roll yeah. them in here, that out,
1: uh, performs oh uh, a quick story dean martin brought it up today at work i'm on a new work team we had a big introduction this guy's like i don't know he's he's gotta be in his 20s and one of the icebreaker questions was what's your favorite musical artist of all time now Mm -hmm. what do you guess he would say and there's a ptb tie-in there
0: You said he's in his 20s yeah
1: in his 20s
0: a ptb tie-in
1: billy joel Exactly, I could not believe it <laughs> It said Billy Joel It said he'd seen him in concert multiple times So him and Dr. G and Scott are grooving <laughs> out To uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant
0: <laughs> <laughs> must Is he from New York? Uh, no, he's uh,
1: country like Georgia, Peach, like me That is an odd I, pull I right know. there Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't mind Billy Joel But I would never say he's my favorite artist
0: So. It okay. is Golden
1: Inley? Yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. We mm-hmm. didn't get into it.
0: Ask him. ask him what Eric, ask him a time frame. <laughs> he looked very
1: stoned on the conversation, so well, maybe it was uh, <laughs> just a stoned edge.
2: Uh now maybe this uh, uh
1: maybe. This uh arena has hosted a a wrestling pay per view. Did you know that? Heroes of Wrestling? No. That was in Biloxi, right? Yeah. (laughs)
2: Remember
1: remember you want to play 21? Okay, can you forget? Uh it was Uh, the illustrious uh well, uh, that'll give it away. Uh, I'll just tell you that. It was uh UWF's Beach Brawl on June 9, 1991. Uh, was held there. Uh, Attendance 550, which, Jesus,
2: (laughs) that's
1: so bad. Uh, and then, and you look at the card of that show, and it's crazy, like the match times, and it's not that, like, there's actually talented people on the roster of that. I mean, it's mostly washed up for sure, but, like, you have, uh, like, Cactus Jacks on that show, Bob Orton Jr., Steve Williams, Bam Bam Bigelow, Paul Orndor, uh, Terry Gordy, Johnny Ace. Like, I mean, there's guys there. It's just,
0: I don't know. It, he, it was a mess. Why of a are they promotion. running down there, though? I mean, weren't they mainly like in the Northeast? Yeah. How are they doing
1: down who, who knows? Who knows? It's just, there's no telling why they did that. I mean, it drew it drew by rate of point one. So I guess that tells you anything. I mean, it was just a disaster, major failure. So yeah, this this is a very dingy arena, but uh, we're here for Nitro. And
2: you know before we get into that,
0: Chad, though, yeah, I was gonna say before we get in actually, we should probably take a minute because he's obviously he's gonna pop up in the show at some point, but once we get into yes. the show, we'll stick with it. Um, so of course, earlier this week that we're recording this, uh, Scott Hall passed away. It was a, a tough few days he had uh, hip surgery a blood clot broke free had multiple heart attacks was on life support and then the decision was made monday to remove him from life support he held on for what like five or six hours i think yeah and once family had kind of gathered around and then he passed away um i, I did give some thoughts on extreme Throughway dance that la- that aired last thursday so i'm gonna let you kind of take lead on this and you know i'll hop in but um do you want to give any memories or thoughts around the passing of scott well, I mean, we've been
1: chronicling uh, him on this podcast first on the WWF side and then the WCW side, uh, and he is someone that will remain kind of in the conversation for really how long this podcast last. I mean, if we do make it to WrestleMania 17, uh, you know, he's kind of around for almost all of that up to that point, and I think if you look in the confines of the WCW time period from when he debuted to 2001, uh, besides Hogan, Sting, and Goldberg, and probably Nash, um, you know, he's in the conversation for the next most important or Mm integral figure uh, in that promotion. You know, maybe Diamond Dallas Page. But there's a couple others, but it's Savage. But he's in he's in the conversation for sure. And on the WWF side, when you think about the new generation era, uh, I mean, it's really, to me, Brett, Sean, and Diesel, the only three names more synonymous with that time frame. Uh, yeah, Again, Yokozuna or somebody you could argue, Luger but uh, i i w- would I would put him up there, um so I mean someone that always had a very strong career when his head was on straight um but I, th- I think he's someone that beyond like how many accolades championships i mean that's an easy talking point like best best wrestler never to win a world championship or whatnot um mm-hmm. He probably is one of the more prominent wrestlers that have never won a world championship, I'd say. Um, but but I just think he was a guy that, you know, <laughs> his uh, cliche, like, oozes machismo. I mean, he did. He always carried himself with a lot of great charisma. Uh, the Razor Ramon gimmick was very recognizable. Uh, hey, yo. Uh, survey says, you know, he was always able to come up with catchy catchphrases that caught the eye of casual or very casual fans. Uh, somebody like my dad, you know, like mm-hmm. he knows, like Survey says, and hey, yo, uh, the toothpick. He, w- he was able to always create something that was very memorable. Um, and then beyond that, again, like, the wrestling world changed when he debuted on the Memorial day nitro and the way he presented himself and that ankle and the weeks leading up to bash at the beach. uh, You know, he did have help from Nash once he came on the scene, but we've talked about it. Like there's been a lot of angles that have started out pretty hot in wrestling history and then become derailed. And, that angle was no perfect, and Hall was no perfect in executing it. And mm-hmm. it really was those. Uh, I mean, he's a part, for sure, of a seminal moment uh, in wrestling history forever. Maybe one that,
0: that saved wrestling. I mean, it, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into hyperbole, but, like, what would wrestling have turned into without the NWO Working and hitting as big as it did in 96. Like, I don't know if we get to the attitude hour because I don't know if WWE gets that hot. I don't know if they put the pressure on Vince to step it up and do what he did. Like, I don't know where it goes. So, like, yeah, like that's a big part of his legacy as well. Like, he definitely not only was a part of some Woman, but it absolutely transformed the business 100%. Yeah,
1: it's, it's interesting to think about. Um, and then I think you got to talk about him for the people that you know, our fans of wrestling. The outside the ring stuff is Mm. uh also very prevalent where you know his struggles. Uh you know, it was kinda like a lot of times like uh I'm not necessarily running joke, but like an interesting tidbit when you'd have younger wrestling deaths and it'd be like, oh well You know, Jake Roberts and Scott Hall are still hanging Mm -hmm. on. You know, it's like, can you believe? Just because you know the toll that had been put on his body uh, throughout the years, both in-ring and the abuse out of the ring. Um, And then to see him clean up uh, in the final years, it was a a great redemption story um, to hear his hall of fame speech that was amazing uh you know like uh you know the bad guy using that as a moniker again with the hall of fame speech was uh really fun and i'm I'm glad that um you know that hall of fame that 2014 hall of fame
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, it's it's cool it was cool to see you know i was i was at Mania in New Orleans, and to see him come out and Warrior after him, um, that, that, that that gets cool. I was just glad to see him out in that white jacket, uh kind of, you know. That was kind of the
0: first time he was like clean publicly, right? Like it was right yeah. before that with all the DDP stuff and all that. I think, yeah, then, it
1: was around that, and then they did that ESPN special, right? Where, yeah.
0: So um, yes. it all and he kind was a of, big part of together. And a big part of TNA's early days, too, which we didn't talk about. Like we covered that extensively, right. and TNA never dies. But they didn't have a lot of name guys, and he was kind of one out of the gate, you assume, helped them when they were working toward getting, you know, coverage on pay-per-view and and you know making their early inroads he was absolutely like okay we have a name guy so when he was in those early months he fades quick but he's there to help get established and at least be like a name presence on the show
1: yeah I'm, I, I know there's been anecdotes coming out uh talking about like Tan- tanahashi pinning him in 2001 new japan um i mean i've been watching a lot of 2001 worldwide You know, like in New Japan in 2001, most of the time he honestly looks lost in the ring. But, you know, that is cool that, like, some good came out of that. that, Like, now you can say, oh, yeah, remember, like, Panahashi put him over, like, as he was coming up. He was a real, uh, you know, straight out of almost the black tight era of the New Japan dojo. So, him getting that win was a big kind of notch on the belt for him. So, I I mean, it's sad. I'm just happy that, you know, he had turned it around, and his Mm -hmm. passing is something you can reflect on, but it doesn't feel like a tragedy that it could have so many years. You know, there were so many years where if you would have heard, you know, Scott Hall passes away, you'd have been like, okay, that makes sense, like, he was a life of destruction, and now it was like, okay, like, now we can celebrate, and have fond memories of what he contributed uh, to the wrestling business, and we're happy that from all, you know, accounts, he was able to turn it around at the end, and yeah, I mean, so that was, what, 2014, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame, so... I mean, he's had about an eight-year mm-hmm. run, uh, so it's it's sustainable. I mean, it's been sustainable. It
0: wasn't... Right. I think he's know, had like he, a relapse situation here or there, but for the right. most part, he's been he's,
2: he's pretty been pretty, much pretty provable.
0: Yeah. So. yeah. And it's so, tough, too, because I feel like a lot of these is like a shocking, like, oh, he, so-and-so was found dead, or this, like, but we, it's rare that we get with these wrestling, you know, wrestlers passing where we have, like, multiple days to process it waiting for it you know it was kind of i think right. normally we kind of get slapped with it right like oh so-and-so died over the week like yesterday or you know just passed away now and we hear about it but it's like we had this whole day and a half of just like waiting and kind of talking about it and dealing with it and processing it and is he going to hang on um but kind of knowing he wasn't so it was it was definitely a, a different way too that we're used to dealing with uh these premature deaths of pro wrestlers
2: and
1: he's he's somebody that it's interesting, too, that
0: if you look at his
1: career, um, I mean, he always had the size, but there's a long, you know, I mean, Razor Ramon feels like such a, a fresh character in 92, but he'd been wrestling for a while, you mm-hmm. know, like, and then on TV, I mean, he was Big Scott on AWA TV pretty early. Um so, I mean, he'd been a TV fixture, and it really feels like that gimmick was a pivot point where, you know, he could have just been one of these Jeff Gaylord, you know, kind of yep. Al Perez, one of those type guys, like big
0: guy. Good yeah, I mean, if Fraser doesn't never... hit, for sure, like that's that's where it's headed. Yeah. Same with Nash right. with Diesel. I mean, like the, if those two don't hit, right. like they're both in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Right. So it's it's not like. um you know, he was always destined for stardom or whatever, so he uh, he kind of went out and proved the gimmick could work and, you know, made a name for himself, so good for them on that, too.
0: Yeah, and I think the, you know, the big thing that stands out for Hall in the new generation era is just how cool he was amongst a sea mm-hmm. of you know, stupid gimmicks and nonsense. Right. Like, he, he never was at that level from the start. He was just like super cool as soon as he arrived. And he would, he, you know, he held it up all the way through. Like once he got that gimmick set, he was set. So, um, so obviously we'll be talking about him a lot on the show, Like mm-hmm. not going anywhere for us, but uh, obviously it's a super sad story. We thought it was worth, you know, taking a few moments to talk about his legacy and what he meant um, to us as fans. So rest in peace, Scott. And uh, we'll continue to honor your in-ring legacy as we talk through this show. All right. So So we get our our opening animation. Yeah, we head inside uh, Palmetto. Tony and Larry set up the night. It's a big Nitro, as you talked about. We're unopposed, and we open things up with Juventud Guerrero making his debut, taking (laughs) on Billy Kidman. And uh, Hoovy had just come off a pretty hot ECW run. We had just seen him uh, really go to war a bunch with Rey Mysterio, mainly during that stretch in ECW in the spring into the early summer. Tony heights from a big time, talks with his father Fuerza Guerrera. Hoovy busts out the big guns early, hits a power bomb off the apron to the floor. Tony calls out a Pescado leg drop. You can tell he's been studying at the altar of today, I think a little bit throughout this. He's actually calling some moves. Kuvy yep. comes back with a sweet, twisting springboard splash. Tony's on that again. And this is really the kind of opener that Nitro needs to utilize. Like, there's a ton of action in this. The crowd is hyped. And I think they're going to start to piece together this formula. We haven't seen it a ton yet. We've still kind of ebbed toward the the bubbies and the you know, guys' Duggins and stuff like that sometimes on these Nitro openers. Yeah. But I think they're kind of seeing what a match like this can do to get the show and the crowd hyped up. Uh, Kidman hangs in, he gets a few near falls. Tony says Whovi challenges Conan at Fall Brawl for the Mexican world title after Conan injured Psychosis. So Whovi uh, stepping in for psychosis. uh finishes Kidman with a top rope for for a very strong debut. It was a fun sprint. We had some big spots, some nonstop action. It was a quality opener that would have popped even more if they get a little bit more time. But again, this is, this is an a ideal spot, ideal situation for them. So I went three stars on this opener, Chad. Uh, yeah, I went two and a half, um, only about four
1: minutes, so it was, it was a quickie. Uh, but uh, they utilized their time well. It's a good debut, I think, in ring for Hoobie. Uh I thought Tony actually helped a lot here. Um, mm-hmm. Him kind of name-dropping. Fraser was uh, – a highlight for me and then him getting the pescato leg drop and the twisting splash that was cool Larry of course says he's never seen a movie which I'm shocked at um, but I mean overall this is what you want like Kidman's a good base uh, these two actually have a good bit of chemistry they mm-hmm. have some really fun thunder matches I say November 1998 I think um, if I can recall correctly uh great matches literally um you know, long form, so that we'll we'll get to this pairing uh, a decent amount as we progress, but as far as the debut, you know, nice to see Hoovy looked good, he hit his spots cleanly, they look dynamic, uh we'll get to this crowd and kind of they did boo him a little bit as he wins. Uh, But he uh, does already have his music, which I think is another great piece of music Mm -hmm. in WCW. Uh, So overall, a very solid to good debut, two and a half.
0: Yep, agreed, and definitely two guys we're gonna see a lot of (laughs) over the coming years. Yeah, in WCW uh, for sure. Uh, Gene gets in the ring to talk to Hoovy, and he says, "No comprende español, amigo." Uh, (laughs) Hoovy tries to talk, uh, speak in English, but he's winded. He struggles, so he switches to Spanish. Booze him. He talks with the NWO, and Gene says, "You gotta give it a rest. Try it with somebody else." Um, Basically saying he's got no clue, and this ain't gonna work. I I don't know why they tried to do this. Like, (laughs) I mean, just let Hoovy. Shows wears in the ring. If you have to have him talk, set it up in a, a backstage situation where he can like be pre-taped and work through it. This was like, you know, putting him out there on his debut, gas not you know clearly speaking English with a guy like Gene who's got no tolerance and will call you out. It's like it was just yeah. a real bad. mix at least send Tene out there if you're going to do this, who can kind of get him through it. But like Gene with him after a match is just not a good idea. Like it was clear that this was not going to go well as soon as it started.
1: Yeah, I mean they could have had Ray or somebody else to come out and say, mm-hmm. you know, like this is my friend or you know something. Uh, yeah, Gene is a jerk. This whole episode, right. yeah. I mean he's yeah. he's a complete ass the whole episode. So he sucks. Uh, I mean we're 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 officially at the Gene sucks era. I think we'll mm-hmm. see if it changes, but it's it's it was bad tonight. Um, Hoobie, we know, has a lot of confidence in himself based on uh, what we know of him, you know, in the future. Uh, so maybe he vouched and was like, yeah, I can do it or whatever. But it it was bad. And, um, you know, him, him speaking in Spanish and getting booed isn't great either from the crowd's reaction mm-hmm. standpoint. Uh, he does scream he's the best wrestler in Mexico. But... Um, Overall, as good as the in-ring debut was, I thought this was pretty poor. Like, this was, uh, I mean, it was memorable because I knew this was coming and I couldn't wait to revisit it. But uh, overall, it was it was definitely a poor start from a promo standpoint and character standpoint for uh, Uventude.
0: All right, we get our Glacier promo of the week. Still no ETA for him, so I'm not sure yet when he's arriving. <laughs>
1: yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even say he's coming to WCW at the bottom. So it just Just, says Glacier. Just him.
0: Uh, We then get Tony and Larry. They talk about war games. We get some footage from last week when the Horsemen, Sting and Luger, formed Team WCW to battle the NWO inside war games of Fall Brawl. Larry talks about the five world orders that are to rule the world, the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, and that the NWO could be the fifth (laughs) world order if it goes bad at war games. Probably try a little too much here from Larry, I think.
1: Yeah, Larry. I mean, first off, Larry's shirt is so floral. It is absolutely outrageous on this episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Second, him with war games is just it's a it's a recipe for disaster because you know he can bring up all the human game of chess the war i mean there's so many analogies he can pull on and he goes way over the top i mean he does say that war games is all about trust which is a decent point but
0: uh he should have left it at that yeah we need to get into the five realms and also stuff coming up. no all right, we head right back to the ring as we have a makeshift team of Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Jim Powers, who's filling in for Scotty Riggs, who's injured, taking on Kevin Sullivan and Big Bubba. Teddy Long is leading up Bagwell and Powers. Of course, he's been managing uh, Powers a little bit, right? I mean, Larry's confused why he's here. I, I don't know. I've lost the timeline on Teddy Long's stable. Yeah, I-, I mean, it seemed like he
1: was just essentially with ice Train, but right. I, I guess he's been handling with Powers. Um, I don't know, but now he's inserted with Bagwell. Um I I would I guess it's on the C- the powers. Yeah. yeah, I mean I guess on the C shows he was uh with powers, but we're not watching that. So it seemed a little odd.
0: Well, quite the combo of guys. Sullivan attacks at the bell. Powers goes right back at him. And he's he's been sharp, what we've seen of powers lately. So fun start. Uh, Bubba hits a good power bomb to finally turn the tide. Pretty short heat segment as Powers and Bagwell come right back. Powers even smashes. Jimmy around. What a what a showing for him, really. Gotta look strong here. A lot of energy. And he actually pins Bubba with a cross body block, but Nick Patrick restarts the match saying Bubba's shoulder was up. Bubba comes up and finishes powers. Teddy Long bitches out Nick Patrick for all this nonsense. And the replay shows Bubba kicked out after the three, not before the three. So Nick Patrick ends up screwing Teddy Long's boys. A uh, weird match, especially with the confusing finish. I mean, it justifies the Patrick means at this point. That comes first above all else that he's obviously got some shystiness going on. But it's a weird way to treat you know Bubba and Sullivan who have been Presented pretty strong still at the behest of Jim Powers, like going over clean of all guys to use here. Uh, but I think Powers did look good. Like if they found a way to use him, he might have actually been beneficial to them in, in the mid card. Uh, he looked sharp. He had a lot of energy and it was believable when he pinned Bubba. So not the best night for the Dungeon of Doom. But again, this has just existed to push along the Nick Patrick is a bad boy, a referee angle. So I went two stars. This kind of is what it is on this one yeah two and a quarter for me um i uh yeah
1: there was a lot going on here that was kind of weird so you have the teddy long time that we talked about uh dungeon of doom still feel pretty lost like they keep wanting to bring up the nwo and stuff and we'll get to their promo in a minute but I mean it feels like like you know like Hogan has definitely passed you Sullivan. Please stop mentioning him. Like we we don't care Mm -hmm. anymore. Um uh so so they, they feel like it's they're they're needing some direction quickly. Uh we do get the Nick Patrick stuff that you talked about. I thought the count was close enough that when you do see the replay, it's like, yeah, the the pinfall that Powers had probably should have happened, but it wasn't totally egregious. Uh, Larry says Nick Patrick needs to take his vacation time um, after the match, which was a decent line. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, this was pretty solid. Uh, but basic power man offense. Uh, Sullivan was able to give some of his bruising offense, which looked good. So, I mean, these four match up fairly well against each other. Um, you know, they could have maybe had, like, a fun little series on, like, a mm-hmm. bigger C show, but as it was here, it, it it was just okay.
0: Yeah, fine enough. Honestly, looking at the WF roster, like, powers might've been a guy. I know he'd been there forever before this, but if he had this kind of energy and, and this dedication to his body and was like kind of bopping around, I mean, he's a guy they probably could have used given the lack of overall depth that they have right now. Um, he's going to get lost in the sea of WCW, but he, he looks like kind of the best that he's looked in a while.
1: You're uh... You're kind of going full Segunda Caida here on me with the, with the <laughs> oh, Jim, Jim Powers love. Uh, complete and accurate Jim Powers coming soon. Uh, what about ECW? You think he uh, might you have go. fit in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, he'd fit the profile, right? Kind of a guy that had washed out a bit, had a good look. Mm-hmm. Maybe could have had a little bit of a run. Could have been the third pit bull. What how yoked he was here <laughs> uh, by this point. So he's, maybe a, he's an, it's an interesting in a guy. guy.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's an interesting wrestler, Jim Powers, um, because he's around. I mean, like the Young Stallions is almost ten years, you know, mm-hmm. before this, and they have some fun tags. But you know, he's an he's a guy I wouldn't call like ever a bad wrestler. But then it's like, well, what's the best match Jim Powers was ever in? Like, right. was he ever in a great ma- I mean, besides that really multi-man Survivor Series tag, mm-hmm. what, has he ever been in, a you know, just a straight tag match or a singles match that I would call great? Not, I don't know. I mean,
0: like, there's probably some tag with the Young Stallions and the Hearts or the Young Stallions and the Islanders. out there. Islanders, really
1: yeah, that that was what I was thinking. Maybe uh, that's probably one for Marty Sleaze. I think he's done through <laughs> some of those. So maybe he can point to a Young Stallions tag that, uh, hits right. the four star mark for him, but I can't think of one. I know he plays Flair
0: too on like some syndicated shows of superstars or something, but well, I don't think he gets mm. much time on that.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: All right, Gene gets in the ring. He's with Bubba Sullivan and Jimmy. Uh, Bubba's bragging on his power. He says he deserves the title shots and main events, and he's tired of being overlooked. He then calls out Glacier. He says, Hurry up and get here. so Come get some. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy calls out <laughs> Glacier as well. So I guess we know maybe who Glacier's first right, opponent may be. Right. He finally pops up. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, like you mentioned, brings up Hulk Hogan. Uh, he says he saw Jimmy and Hogan out in Sarasota last week. And Gene says that was Eric Bischoff, but Sullivan disagrees. This is a random comment. And, and I don't know, is this seed planting about Bischoff? I have no clue. Yeah, Sullivan I don't talked know about that. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird comment by Gene. Um, yeah, Sullivan talks some shit on Benoit as always as well. Uh, Gene asks, Sullivan has been greasing Nick Patrick's palm, but Sullivan basically says Patrick's entitled to make a mistake every now and then. So, Just weird. I don't know. Like you said, Gene's kind of weird tonight, and Sullivan's always weird, too. And the (laughs) bishop is definitely odd.
1: Yeah, them two are weird together. Uh, Bubba calling out Glacier, I thought, was pretty good. I mean, at least like, we've had some acknowledgement of him, because Mm -hmm. that is one of those things where it's like, if you keep running these vignettes and nobody right. mentions anything, it's like what, like the wrestlers don't even watch the show. Like it's <laughs> been right. coming for months and no one cares. Um, so so it was good to finally hear something on that end. But yeah, that makes it, it seems was,
0: like it makes it clear to at least give a guy of a glacier to work over. Right. Yeah. The, right. Yeah. All right, we go back to the locker room where Gene again after the break. He's with Sting and Lex Luger. Luger says he thought things were straightened out with the Horsemen last week, but now they get a twist with the Mongo and Benoit challenge, and Luger welcomes it. Sting says there's no guarantees. Last week everything was cool, but now we get a gut check match. Uh, but, you know, they don't get it. He thinks Flair and Arn don't trust them because Mongo and Benoit wouldn't act without their okay on this, and he says it's a mistake. Luger says first this, then the NWO, and they never back down from a challenge right so this is pretty good the hook is really that benoit and mongo have challenged Sting and luger to see if they're up to the task basically right. and sting thinks it's a ploy by flair um, to, to test them because he doesn't think mongo and benoit would ever step out without flair's direction
1: yeah i mean this was pretty basic hype for the main event but as far as uh getting some understanding and salt and peppering on that a match later on tonight, this was fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, back to the ring we go with Eddie Guerrero, I'm sorry, Chavo Guerrero taking on Mean Mike Enos who ambles out for this one, uh, taking on. Chavo's been progressing up the card a bit. Tony says Randy Savage gets to challenge Hulk Hogan at Halloween Havoc, but first he has to face the Giant at Fall Brawl, so pretty good long-term booking there to set up Savage's path over the next two months and Hogan's path as well, really. Uh, we find out that Chavo will take on Diamond Dallas Page at Fall Brawl. Enos shows off his power, some good energy overall on the on the matches tonight, I thought, yeah, you know, even with the variety of guys we're seeing. Slater, uh, Dick Slater heads out to ringside to back up his partner, rough and ready. Uh, but it's all Enos here as Larry's kind of crapping on the fans. Randy Anderson catches a thumb to the eye. In comes Dick Slater. He takes Enos' spot. He beats up Chavo. But Chavo gets an inside cradle and pins Slater to win the match uh okay i guess some decent power stuff from enos but the finish was kind of goofy like maybe if they had the same haircut it would make sense but like why did the scheme ever work in any realm besides backfiring on them uh chavo gets the ship pushed in the whole match and steals the win star and three quarters there's not much going on here
1: yeah star and a half um a couple things i, I did like that they're uh the stuff for halloween having they've really been hyping uh, mm-hmm. You know, like we talked about back in January for that clash, they already had plans of Havoc being there and it being Hogan versus Savage, but right. they thought it was going to be the reverse of Savage as the heel and Hogan as mm-hmm. the face. So it's kind of cool that they still stuck to that. Uh, tickets going to sell for that this Saturday, so they're pushing that as, you know, their big show. You know, I mean, they've done it, I, I, but I do feel like, I, I do think that's unfair because I would have thought, going in that like fall brawl would have taken a back seat. I think they've done a good job of saying Mm -hmm. like, well, you need to watch fall brawl, but then here's what's coming on at havoc and fall brawl. It being war games is the main event, uh, does allow you to do that where you can say, well, here's the next challenger for the world title. So that's cool. Uh, Enos did give some good power moves throughout this match. I hated the finish. Um, the twin magic, like you talked about, is is really dumb in this case. Um, I mean, this was straight out of, like, the demolition playbook where the two guys don't look anything alike, really, uh, besides both being Caucasian. And there, it's just no uh, – there's no reason why this should fool anyone, Um, On top of that, you're already running an ankle talking about how shoddy a referee is and Nick Patrick, and, you know, we know what's going to happen with him, but that's very prominent that, you know, he keeps screwing stuff up, so he should be under the microscope, and in this match, Randy Anderson looks worse than Nick Patrick. I mean, I almost think they should have put Nick Patrick here. And they mm-hmm. could have talked about how ridiculous it was that he couldn't tell the difference or something like right, that. Right. Like you yeah, yeah, could have yes. done that very easily. Instead, like they at like, Oh, they're switching places again. I was like, Well, I mean, how is this common? Like these two or the ones that are switching back and forth? It, it I I really didn't like that. Slater I mean, you talk about somebody really hanging on. Like, he looks beyond cooked uh, here as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, overall, like, Chavo is someone I'm still fairly enjoying. His kind of uh, rise up the ranks and getting some upsets here and there. We'll see with the fall brawl match uh, what that constitutes. But
0: um, this this has some problems to it. It also made Chavo look kind of weak. I mean, he's going into a big match with DDP at Fall Brawl, and he basically just got worked by Mike Enos and had to steal the win, you know, after some chicanery. So it's like, you know, they could have made him look a little tougher maybe in this spot to be believable that he could take out DDP. And coming off the
1: heels of that upset last week, right, that he had Mm issues with. So it's like he has that big
0: upset, and then he's back like, yeah, like you said, this is a pretty weak victory uh gene talks to him in the aisle he calls ddp a coward they didn't show up tonight and recaps their issues chavo says when page misses messes with one guerrero he'll mess with all of them so we'll see how things play out if fall brawl with them. uh gene and bobby shield the new nitro shirts 1995 plus 595 shipping yeah. and links check that well, out
1: that was a pretty good price like i would definitely hmm. put that on and sport that
0: today uh
1: because well, now was, it would cost you $40 for shipping. Wow, and, and, you know, we don't want to talk about T-shirts. Uh. <laughs> I guess you're off Twitter, so you may have missed all that. It was a big oh, Twitter hub Yeah, hubbub.
0: yeah you're, 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 you've are you're been spared of that. But, uh. Oh, thank you. It makes me feel even better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, right, big
1: topic our... of conversation. Is, uh, t-shirts? t-shirts that, I don't even t-shirts want T-shirts and lightness, yes. So, a lot mm-hmm. of fun. God.
0: All right, WS, W Saturday night this weekend, we'll have Lex Luger versus Lord Steven Regal, a pretty cool match, and the Steiners yeah. versus the Nasty Boys, which is fun. pretty good Saturday night on tap. Yeah, I mean,
1: well, so I was wondering about that Steiners versus Nasty Boys match, because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Halloween Havoc 90 match is legit, like, four and a half stars <laughs> for me, but... Uh, I, I doubt this one was, but yeah, pretty good uh, looking WCW Saturday night. They've had a couple of good uh, looking episodes in
0: a row here. I mean, I was all in on Saturday night at this point in, in real life. Like I was every Saturday. I mean, it just tells you about my social life, but every Saturday pretty much <laughs> I was watching Saturday night. Um, I mean, the good thing was, even as I get a little bit older, like my friends could start driving around this time. Like you could watch it and still go out. Like it was over by eight oh five, so I mean it wasn't right. like that crazy to watch from six to eight and then you know get picked up and go out or whatever. So it's it was it was a good time slot for some getting ready to go out pro wrestling or get ready to spend my night on a Saturday in my house alone. So sure. All right, back to the ring. We have Mister JL taking on Rey Mysterio Jr. It's been a while since we've seen JL. Uh, this yeah. could be a. Kind of a sneaky sleeper match. We'll see. A very random card. Uh, Tony talks up JL's experience in Japan, his success in the Cruiserweight Tourney earlier in the year. Uh, JL tries to slow Ray up early, keeps him grounded, but Ray sneaks free and uses his speed. Tony gets word that uh, Hollywood Hogan is outside. We cut there. We see Hogan and the Outsiders walking around with a camera and some light tech. They walk up to a video truck and spray paint NWO for life on it. And, you know, this gets a little frustrating. Like, I'm all for the NWO wreaking havoc, but we've had at least four matches tonight where they could have done this instead of this one. Uh, This is a tough match to cut off. Like, this is just one that could have really been super enjoyable to see the full thing, but we're all obsessed now with the NWO. Uh, Tony doesn't believe there's even a fourth man. He thinks this is rhetoric. He thinks it'll only be three of them at war games. He says Hogan is a street thug. The match goes to a complete halt as we slow down for the NWO. We go to a commercial we come back and d malenko is out he's watching the match from the aisle jl randomly drops to his knees so we can do some amateur stuff just i don't know what what they're doing at this point uh, he uses some power to take over he opens things up and survives a flash pin tony talks up the international talent that keeps coming in he mentions a super kolo is on his way as well this match is just way slower than you'd expect the crowd is asleep during the show we hit hour two uh, so now we go to Bischoff and Bobby resetting things. We're talking about anything but the match. We've had, we've had the NWO. We've had Malenko out there. We, you know, now we have got Bischoff and Bobby. We've taken a break. Uh, just everything, you know, but a flow in this match. Ray takes to the air. And this match feels like it won't end, but it also felt like it never got going to me. Uh, Ray finally finishes clean, and this overall so disappointing. Like, the cut-ins, the odd mid-match amateur challenge from from JL uh, just dragged and never clicked for me. So I went two and three quarters, just because, again, what they did was okay. But, man, why couldn't we have done this to any of the other matches we had tonight? Like, like why this one Um, to, to sit here and just waste a bunch of nonsense during it?
1: Yeah, two and three quarters for me, I agree with the sentiment. It was disappointing. Um, beyond everything else that you talked about, I also thought JL was, I don't know what was going on. This wasn't the best Lin performance either. Um, he kind of looked a little off. I don't mm-hmm. know if, if that was, he knew what all was going on. So he didn't know, like, I guess when the, when he was quote-unquote quote yeah. live. But, um, I mean, like, Ray, Ray's in contingent for Wrestler of the Year, right, for '96 mm-hmm. worldwide, mm-hmm. and uh this this probably is his most disappointing match i would think for the entire year because you would think like these two getting 14 minutes would at least been like hidden gem territory for us and yes i kind of i kind of felt generous giving them two and three quarters like i felt like well i mean a lot of what they did i guess was okay but it i agree with you the match felt disjointed overall. Um, and there was just too much happening between the spray paint uh, from the NWO, which was, you know, not that interesting anyway. Like, I don't even think I, I, I get why they did that, because I know they wanted to show them to kind of hook you for hour two. Right. So you wanted to show yep. they were there. Uh, so I understand that. But, uh, you know, it felt pretty, you know, non-consequential for sure. Malenko looking on is whatever because he's in a feud. And then the as much as I do like some of the awkwardness that's created, the pyro going off and that shift to hour number two right in mm-hmm. the middle of a match is is pretty jarring. Um, especially because, like Bischoff a lot of times sees the need to like reset things at the top of the hour. So, like you said, they're not talking about the match as it's entering, it's finishing sequence, so that that's annoying, too. So, overall, I, I was just, on the WCW side, this may be one of the more disappointing matches we've had, actually. Um thank you. Yeah, I would that.
0: agree. Especially since it was controllable. Like, and I'm with you. I think they told them we're going to be cutting away a lot, so like grind things down or slow things down a bit um because we're not going to be as focused. So like basically don't kill yourselves and also, you know, the crowd um we're going to be focusing on other topics. So I think that it yeah. did them a disservice. Like, just do this during the Enos Chavo match. Like, why did you yeah, have right, to do it here? Right. You Know that was just a long beat down anyway, so who cares? Like this match was meant to be a sprint, and instead we got these guys working ground style. And if you want to hype the individual being there, just show them before the match, coming, and then after the match, go back to them and then they spray paint. Like it's just, there would have been ways to do it. I know, I know they're going for the unpredictable feeling, and I know that's worked for them so far. This just felt like a bit of a miss, and they haven't had too many of these. Right. I agree. All right, Gene is out. He's with uh, Mongo, Chris Benoit, the ladies, and Gene says, Coach Dave Wanstead has reached out to Mongo to make a comeback, and Mongo won't confirm the rumor. Uh, Mongo's all about proving themselves tonight. He shits on the NWO. Woman is frisking Gene and says, how is your good friend Hulk Hogan? So we're pushing that still. I don't know where this is coming from. (laughs) All the Gene is covering for Hogan stuff, but Gene kind of hand waves it away. Benoit says they didn't relinquish their war game spots as a decision by two men that never betrayed them before. Tonight's about security. He's a hungry beast, and they don't think Luger and Sting have the hunger anymore. And basically they feel they, you know, they're okay with Flair's decision, but not really. Like, they feel they've earned earned that spot, and it got taken from them.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a pretty cool promo besides the mm-hmm. gene nonsense. Um, I, I like this, that you have the two, you know, loyal soldiers, but you know, they're, they're wanting to take that spot, too. Um, and so, like, the main event seems pretty logical that, like, you know, Sting and Luger are going to have to prove they're, quote-unquote, you know, man enough to deserve to be in war games or whatnot. So, so overall, I, I like that as, again, set up for the main event tonight.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know where they're going with the Gene thing. I, part of me thinks it's just, like, mind games uh Maybe. but I, I,
1: don't too, I don't know too too much gene
0: there's just too much gene well, no, in this true. show right. and we'll exactly. get to way more but yeah way too much gene and the way that weaving them into the story is just weird too i, I don't know yeah 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 all right, we go to Bischoff and Bobby. They officially welcome us in. They reset the show, kind of talk about what's left, what's coming up at fa- uh, Fall Brawl and Halloween Havoc. We get footage of Hogan's vicious chair shots on Savage and <laughs> Savage's awarded actions that have followed. So all that plays up. <laughs> they showed that like every week. You know Hogan. Like when he potentially does. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. Back we go to Gene. Uh, he's with oh, Savage oh, in the locker room. He says, "Havoc." Savage says, "Havoc will be his day, and he deserves it for all the marbles. He may have one marble left, but it's the scariest match of the century. He doesn't care, and no one cares. So let it happen." And Savage promises to blow through the giant at Fall Brawl. So just kind of your usual manic, all over the place Savage promo.
2: Usual
1: stuff, but uh, I did like that he hit on both of his feuds coming up, his matches. And it didn't feel that scattered brain. Um, yep. yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of moving pieces in this show. I mean, us mm-hmm. talking about it is really displayed because I would I was looking at like the match descriptions and stuff and you would think like, oh no, this was kinda they, they grinded down for this show because they knew they were unopposed. But as we talk about like there's a lot of table setting on this show because I mean we really start the hype to have it tonight um as well and then they're still doing the fall brawl stuff so uh, a lot going on here so savage quick promo again like not the like you know this isn't the money promo or whatever for uh the match versus hogan but he's still Mm -hmm. going
0: to uh
1: shield that as well
0: yeah the the long-term fall booking is is really good and i feel like Mm -hmm. we've been spending a lot of time complaining on some of the scatterbrain stuff which is fine like they're not above criticism but as a whole like they're in a really good place like i mean they have some big stuff going on they got big names more to come later even just on this night with surprises and just like two huge pay-per-views on doc that have uh, on doc on deck um that have uh, just big matches lined up for them so like they are in a really sharp place and these things we're complaining about are like so minute when you look at the overall promotion but we're going to talk about the week to week of course so yeah i mean
1: like we uh i mean we talked about how hot they've been so i think i think any complaints are kind of amplified when you have especially on a show that feels maybe a little down uh from some of their normal output um but yeah compared to like the long-term for WWF, I mean, at this point in time For WWF, you have no idea What, you know, the
0: October mm-hmm. in your house, you know, you don't know What that's going to be so. And You know, it's probably not going to be anything too, too, We know we got Sean and Mankind coming up At my at uh, Mind Games, but beyond right. That, like, unless it's Some combo of Sean, Vader, Taker, or Foley, like, you're not getting Anything too crazy, like, right. I mean, that's Just right. where they're at right now, so right. Um, Yeah, a lot more machinations And combinations here all right, back to the ring. We have Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on the Giant, who's angry and possessed. He still believes Macho Man dropped the ball completely, and he is not happy about it. Duggan tries to unload early. Giant is no-sells him, and Jimmy gets involved. Duggan chases him like an idiot. you think he would have learned since <laughs> 1988 when he's been feuding with Jimmy Hart, guys. He would know, but uh, he still stands calm. Bobby questions the idea that a fourth man exists as well. Like he agrees with Larry uh, or Tony, who was it, Tony or Larry that said it earlier, but uh, he believes there is no fourth man. He says they would have showed up in Sturgis that there was one giant dominates, gets a good looking bear hug. And then we get the big moment as out of mm-hmm. nowhere, our old friend Ted DiBiase comes walking down through the crowd, through the fans. Everyone's kind of shocked. Bischoff immediately is asking why he's here. Uh, and he assumes he just bought a ticket. It's a great moment as DiBiase sits down. He holds up four fingers and says next week, five. And Bischoff and Bobby are trying to piece together the clues. Uh, Bischoff, you know, very obviously wrong, says maybe he means the four horsemen with the four fingers. And next week will be the fifth that he's coming out of retirement to join the horsemen. Duggan battles back with a tape fist. Giant stays on his feet. Jimmy gets involved again, and then Giant finishes him. Just just a messy match with Giant needing Jimmy Hart to beat Jim Duggan, which is stupid. Uh, Just another weird decision, a weird finish here tonight. And honestly, it's all about Diviase. So for the second match here, uh, we have the NWO completely stealing the focus on Thunder away from a match. uh, Less... You know, angry here about it because it, it was going to be what it is. But to me, the bigger issue here was is Giant needing Jimmy Hart to win. Uh, so I went Star in a Quarter. But the DiBiase thing obviously is huge, and I was getting annoyed with Bischoff um for this stupid approach. But when you kind of think of what's coming, it maybe makes sense that he would be maybe being aloof on purpose about it. So maybe it's not as stupid as you would think.
1: Yeah, um I mean, Star Night for the match, but the match doesn't matter. Um... The uh, the finish I agree was a little strange because they did a good job where Duggan wound up the tape on his fist and he socked Giant uh, and Giant doesn't go down so finally somebody stood up to that crap but um but yeah then Jimmy Hart hops on the apron with the two by four Duggan of course looks like a goof and is all distracted and walks right into the choke slam I, I I mean I, <laughs> Like, I understand Doug the a babyface, but you know why Like, why can't he just leave these managers alone? Like, he's got to chase right. Jimmy ac- around the ring, and Doug and chasing him is always the slowest run you'll ever see. Uh, and then, as soon as Jimmy hops on the apron, like, he has to go figure out what he's doing and troubleshoot that. So, it's just annoying. Now, the DiBiase debut, like, we talked about how much DiBiase sucked on the WWF side of things uh, for the last months of his run and how like checked out, he looked, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, he doesn't do much here, but him counting to four and then saying next week, five is intimately more, uh, you know, way cooler than anything he did mm-hmm. on the WWF side. Like it's amazing. Uh, the guy sitting next to him is always one of my my favorite wrestling fan moments. Uh, cause he looks so like a 96 nitro mm-hmm. wrestling fan with the kind of bowl cut, uh, red hair. And it's just a great reaction where, you know, he, you can tell like he's talking to his buddy on the other side off camera. Like, God, can you believe this? DiBiase is next to me. Then DiBiase starts to count. He does one, two. And he's like, Oh shit. You know, he's, he's counting <laughs> right. here. He gets to the four And then the fan starts putting the four is like, yeah, four. And then he hears Dibiase say next week, five. And he like the look on his face. He's like next week,
2: five, (laughs) next week, five.
1: (laughs) It is just like the perfect reaction where you're like, oh, next week, five. Like, I mean, what a hook to like turn Mm -hmm. into the show. Um Great stuff. Like uh, it was cool. Like I, and I did like Dibiase coming down from the crowd. Like I don't feel like we've had that moment. Uh, besides Hall. Like since Hall, he kind of right. came down the same way and sort of the middle. You know, on the hard cam, just waltzing down the aisle. Uh, and it was it was cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah. And whether he's talking Horseman or WO, it's a big deal. <laughs> like you know, whatever he's trying to say here. You know, whether he's saying yeah, I don't. Fourth NWO guy because we've been getting a lot of talk That there is no fourth NWO guy He's basically announcing he is and there'll be Another one next week so big thing Or if Bischoff's right And he's saying hey I'm gonna Be a horseman like that's a real big deal too So
1: yeah and I thought Bobby on commentary was good Here uh bringing up his Familiarity with Mm Diviace Saying like oh he's all business I know him he's here for a purpose That was a good job too
0: And you're right. I mean, he did look cooler immediately. It's amazing. As soon as he gets on the Nitro TV versus Raw, like, he just looks like... (laughs) He he doesn't look like the same guy. It's just, like, completely different, even though he was just on Raw, you know, what, three months ago. Like, a completely different person and just revitalized immediately without doing anything besides putting fingers up. I mean, it
1: almost feels like he was gone since, like, 91,
0: and he popped up. Like, Like, it feels like, oh,
1: right, my... Good old friend, Ted DiBiase. I had not seen him in forever. It's like, oh, yeah,
0: it was mm-hmm. on a few months ago. Come on. All right. Gene's back. He's with Giant and Jimmy Hart in the aisle. He shits on Savage's theory that he let WCW down. He says Savage, uh, asked Savage where his guts are. He says he was too scared to be a Sturgis. He'll fight Hogan and in Havoc instead because he'll take Savage out. And that's uh, been a pretty good little feud. I think they both have an equal claim to each other. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Giants basically like look no one helped me and savage is like look you wanted the spot, you fucked it up so uh they both are, are pretty right in this situation so we'll see how it plays out
1: yeah it's one of those feuds that you know hasn't been um well and they didn't really face each other when giant was champion i don't believe i, I need to double check but i don't i don't recall much uh but i mean this feels like this could have been a Pay-per-view main event, like when he was facing Sting and Luger in that slamboree Great American Badge run. Feet um, I'm enjoying, for sure. And, you know, we'll see what happens next week. But uh, so far,
0: so good. All right, we get an ad for Fall Brawl. Then we get a pretty cool tag match on paper as mm-hmm. the Horsemen, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, come out to take on the Rock and Roll Express. So dialing it back uh, you know, half a decade here. <laughs> Uh, rock and roll has been pretty uh, fun addition to the company here over the summer. Bischoff is pushing DiBiase as a horseman again. Uh, Bobby says DiBiase always has a plan, always has a reason. Bischoff now realizes, oh, it just clicked. Maybe he's the fourth NWO guy. <laughs> Maybe he means next week could be the fifth. So he pieces it together. Arn's all over Morton to start. The Rock and Rolls get their, into their teamwork to control early, pretty balanced. Arn snaps off a great DDT during some chaos and Flair pins with ease. And sadly, not a lot here, just a quick semi-squash. Really, the horsemen are locked in for fall brawl. Arn is super sharp right now. Looks great uh, overall in the ring. And, it, you know, this is in another world. Maybe this goes 20, you know, <laughs> like Saturday night or something, or uh, we get something more. But as is, we needed it to just be a quickie to keep pushing along and give the horsemen a win. So two and a quarter for me, Chad. I was hoping for a little bit more, but it was just really more of a squash.
1: Yeah, I only went
0: to uh, – this was kind of sad to me uh, as far as a
1: match is concerned. Flair is wearing his green robe, uh, which is not a combo he's worn a lot lately. I mm-hmm. uh, did like that Ted kind of hung around in the crowd, so it wasn't just like a flash, you know, that he was there for one segment and then was gone. Uh, when Bischoff pieces together that D.B. could be in the NWO, uh, did like Bobby saying, well, no, that's not like the NWO. So he kind of, you know, vouches and adds more credence to Bischoff talking about the horsemen or whatnot. Uh, as far as the match itself, I thought they hit some of the highlights that you'd want to see. Uh, you know, quick start for the Rock and Roll Express. They do their signature moves, double drop kick, uh, quick face and peril section on Robert. Uh, Morton gets the hot tag, does some nice mm-hmm. jump punches to the horsemen uh unfortunately the crowd just does not give a crap about them really at all no. like this this has been a tough crowd this is this is really a tell the two crowds because i despise this crowd except for our final segment tonight mm-hmm. um so so it's just a weird i don't know weird crowd kind of checked out almost of it uh, i agree with you orange looking really good the ddt had a lot of crisps to it um and Flair picks up the pin. So, I mean, this is enhancement for the horsemen. Rock and Roll Express, I don't know how much longer they hang around, but they're kind of at the Probably end of their run, it feels yeah. like. Yeah.
0: So you don't think Palmetto's a hot wrestling town? Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, out comes Gene, of course. He's got Flair on the ladies. Arn says, there's no time to ogle women. This isn't it. The sand is running out against the NWO. NWO always picks their spots when no one's around, but at war games, they won't be able to. And he issues the official warning to them. We get clips of The Clash where Flair says Hogan gave up in the figure four. And Flair, uh, you know, talks it up about Winston-Salem and War Games kind of doing Flair things to wrap that up. So, I thought again, pretty basic Horseman stuff.
1: Yeah, this, this was fairly basic. Uh, just double-check because I wanted to see. We do have one more Rock and Roll Express match uh, in about a month. And uh, Ricky Morton actually has a singles match in about two months. I don't know why they came in at the end of every month.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> there are <they're, laughs>
1: three Nitro matches are eight twenty six, nine thirty, and ten twenty eight coming. I mean, were out,
0: they doing so. other stuff? Were they doing any? Yeah, like,
1: there's, any some, show? there's some. There's uh, some. There's some Saturday night mixed in a uh, couple main events. Um, they faced Mongo and Ben Wall. Uh, WCW Saturday night coming up So well, that could be kind of fun So but otherwise they were Also doing indies as well So they were they were kind of All over the place at this point
0: Alright well also over the place of these glaciers promos because now we still have no ETA uh, for him but we do get Another one I'm sure big bub is Stewing somewhere in the back
1: uh, yeah this One was a little bit different it shows them On top of the building which I don't think we've had before um but uh yeah that, nothing else besides that all
0: right we go back to the ring for our next match which again on paper looks pretty good and that is alex wright taking on chris jericho which could be a fun one uh wright's always game and of course a big time arrival here of chris jericho who also had just come from ecw off of a hot run uh he lost his uh, final series i think he fought Taz? No, it was Taz. Was the last one. I forget. I know we talked about it, uh, but obviously it was in that infamous four-way match and, and had a pretty good run in ECW over the summer. Uh, Bischoff talks about meeting Jericho in LA at a show and he was impressive. So he wanted to bring him in. He's effusive about Jericho. Bobby asked if they co-signed in a house together,
2: which, which is <laughs>
0: <pretty> funny. <laughs> Maybe laugh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we get a good stalemate, uh, as Jericho starts to take over and bust out some good offense to keep right off balance. feels like a real battle here. Both guys kind of throw themselves all over the place, Wright Smashes his head on a rail. He's kind of slow to get in after him. Jericho asked the ref, to call it a no contest because he doesn't want a cheap countout win, which gets him booze. And again, kind of an odd way to go about Jericho, but fine. Uh, and it puts over his fighting spirit, but we don't restart. He gets to win that way. Uh, you know, maybe do this in a match that's not his debut. Like, again, an odd decision, booking decision here. Is it just made him look kind of weak. Like, I know Wright's good, but... Like he gets kind of a weird win, and then he's like, uh, like I don't really want the win that way, and then they don't let him get it back. It's just just have him dominate someone and then do this on Saturday night or something if you want. But it was again an odd approach, just like we saw earlier, um, with how they treated Hoovy. So either way, um, you know, is what it is. Three stars for me.
1: Yeah, this is uh three stars no i actually went two and three quarters i changed that um i mean this was fine it wasn't wasn't terrible but um as a debut jericho comes out with his uh theme music already which i like he says, let's go are you ready wcw uh he faced two cold scorpio that was his last east match that the doctor is in
2: that's right um, scorpio, yeah.
1: yeah so uh bishop the match he was talking about seeing jericho was at that world peace festival show um mm-hmm. so that's where he checked jericho out i, I mean it did seem like bishop was kind of genuine in that he probably did see that match and it did open his eyes to jericho oh like for now, sure he was watching smoky yeah. mountain so that was kind of cool that you at least uh, like see like the boss has some investment in the guy um kind of like, like the new prospect that the uh, owner actually is like seeked out on the farm or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, these these two, uh, I like this matchup together, uh, where kind of they start out with some nice chain wrestling. Boko for the drop kick and miss, uh, and then Jericho's already hit some of his signature, you know, sequences in where he has the drop kick that sends right to the floor from the apron. Um, you know, he has that uh, jumping wheel kick and whatnot. Uh, Wright comes back with some uppercuts, uh, misses a forearm. Uh, Jericho had some good chops uh, and then a nasty clothesline in the corner. Again, I thought the crowd was really bad, just not giving this match much at all, not giving Jericho a chance to shine, uh, even with him kind of appealing to the crowd uh, at different points in the match. I agree with you on the finish i finish. Um, I mean, just give Jericho the count out
0: win. I don't think it makes him seem, just pin know. him. it's Alex. Wright. Like, yeah, I, I no, like that's, Alex. Two. that's two. I mean, come on. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Jericho is a pretty big worldwide name for anyone that knows him. And if you don't, it's putting over a new guy strong. Like, I mean, <clears throat> I could see if Wright was in the middle of a mega push uh, and I'd be fine with it if he was like, again, I like Wright a lot, but this is just an odd presentation of a new guy that you're going to be pushing heavily.
1: Well, especially considering we'll get to it, but what happens next week with who Jericho faces. So it's right, it's uh it's an odd choice because all you see I mean, Jericho does some T V stuff, but as far as Nitro concerned, he wrestles next week and then it's the pay per view. So there's not a lot of you know you don't get a lot of looks at him before he's he's in a pay per view.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Gene's with those guys, both the ringside, Jericho and Wright. And Jericho says he came to WCW, came to fight the best of his ability, but a win like that wouldn't do it. He has a lot of respect for Wright, but he has no respect for Hollywood Hogan. And he and Wright will fight over all their hearts with WCW. So I don't know, like... We'll see. I feel like they did the same kind of approach with Eddie when he came in, like the yeah. rah rah, you know, fighting spirit, pro WCW, milk toast, you know, white meat baby face gimmick. So I don't know. It didn't really work for Jericho and ECW either. They kind of approached it that way at first, but we'll see if it if it veers off. But for right now, he's like as pure as it gets.
1: Yeah, I think he looks like such a babyface when you see that it's just, you know. It's it's it does actually cut. He's too much of a looking baby face around this time that comes mm-hmm. off as and genuine. Um, yes. And again, I thought Gene was a jerk here. Like mm-hmm. Gene was like, "Well, we gotta go." Like, he cuts them off. It's like these poor guys. You know, like yeah, they've been on ECW, like in Jericho's and Hoovy's case. But I mean, this is the biggest stage they've been on mm-hmm. in their career. And you've got somebody like Gene that, hypothetically, should be someone that would be great to like hold their hand and prop them up yep. and whatnot. And in both both cases, he just let them flounder and actually antagonized
0: them. Um, just just a poor poor night. It, it was really frustrating. Yeah, it's not helping anyone. It's just he's yeah he's antagonizing. That's a good word for it. It's like, what are you gaining by this? You know, just making them look stupid. Thank <laughs> <clears throat> All right, back to the ring, and right away we go for some tag action with the Steiner brothers taking on the Blue Bloods. Interesting here late in the show. Blue Bloods have been scuffling a bit. The Steiner seem to be in a holding pattern as well, kind of waiting for another shot at the titles. Bischoff talks up the Havoc t- uh, tickets going on sale in Vegas this weekend. Says that Mean Gene, Savage, and Bobby Heenan will be there for the, the on-sale event. Rick bullies both Blue Bloods, cleans house with some good, brutal offense. The Blue Bloods hit a modified Doomsday device where Eaton comes off with a cross body, but Rick twists into an awkward slam and picks up the win um honestly he almost killed himself like he almost broke his neck as he twisted yeah. over for that uh just not needed at this point in the card. of nitro like we don't we don't need this spot Just pin him with a frankenstein or whatever actually that might be even more dangerous to sit him with the clothesline <laughs> we don't need much more than that yeah all uh, right taylor snaps and beats up eaton after the match but eaton comes back and finishes uh taylor off to end the, the brawl with the alabama jam so maybe we're seeing the end of the blue bloods here uh finally maybe eaton Gets back to uh, some solo action. Uh, really, nothing much besides some hard strikes into the awkward finish. The signers need something. The Blue Bloods are dead in the water. So, two stars for me.
1: Yeah, this was kind of your head
0: shrinkers, Steiners flip
1: that mm-hmm. you tried to do from WrestleMania 9. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it almost was a disastrous. I mean, this match was nothing. It was short but fun. So, I, I went two stars as well for the amount of time it lasted uh and taylor arguing I, again like it's one of those things where like i mean stuff's happening like they break up here essentially but um i, I don't know it just felt like like i don't know, this felt too deep in the show for this to be happening you know like for the low level team to be arguing i, I really obviously really like Eaton. uh i did like him on the uh when they argued on oh, who starts first, uh, Eaton on the outside says, i start every one of these dagum matches. Dadgum <laughs> is, a,
2: uh, is
1: such a great uh, Southern expression that I hadn't heard in a while. So uh, when he said dagum, it was like uh, I need to add that back to the repertoire. But um, yeah, I mean, over, overall, decent match, some good spots, but the Blue blaking breaking up didn't exactly excite me, uh, especially at... What nine nine
0: forty five into the show here? I'll put it this way: um, the breakup at this point didn't excite me either, but it could be exciting if Regal gets to go solo and maybe Eaton gets to work some singles matches on Nitro. Like it could be something, you know, if we get there. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. All right, jeans with the Steiner brothers in the aisle. Uh, they enjoy the they enjoyed the uh, fight with the Blue Bloods and they cheer on Bobby during it, which they kind of just like <laughs> yeah. watching like two drunks bra- you know, brawl at a bar. They kind of root it on. Uh, Rick talks about Halloween Havoc. And Scott corrects him and says, "No, we got Fall Brawl first because they're gonna face the Har- uh, Harlem Heat for the bell. It's just a mess." I don't know. <laughs> again, it, good to- it, it felt like they really knew they had a lot of pressure on them as a whole, like having this open night again with no Raw, and it feels like a lot of them are like crumbling a bit under the pressure
1: yeah I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out if it's that or just like a weird night or the setting or I don't know what was going on, but there there was something just kind of a
0: little amiss on most of this show. yeah, I, I think it's that. It's almost like that WrestleMania two thousand five where the pressure to deliver is so hot that like every these little things keep piling up and being off. like but I, feel I mean, like- even if it's even if it's some timing, you know.
1: Yeah, I do feel like they knew they had the two weeks, and I think they like they knew what they wanted to hit on hard for this show, and we'll get to the next weeks. But mm-hmm. you know, like I, I definitely think that like, they were building to the nine 2 But um, right. Yeah, this one's just. A but little, it's just a little stuff. Little it, it's not even as much of the
0: like yeah a baby is great so yeah it's just little things that make it seem disjointed and still like oh wcw right it's like right just don't do the stupid shit during the jail match don't do the weird finish on the chavo match don't do the weird finish of this you know like like it's little fixable decisions that they've made and all the angry gene stuff like just cut that and you're fine like it's it's just like fixable things. It's not even that they had to overload the show. It's just like, it's just being made to look stupid because they're doing like little mistakes that keep piling up. Right. Yeah. Great. Bischoff and Bobby hyped the main event. Bischoff again stands by his assertion that diviacy means he's the fifth horseman with the five fingers. And that sets up our main event. Lex Luger and sting taking on Chris Benoit and Mongo McMichael, Ben uh, Bischoff confirms the Wanstead rumor. He says he's trying to get Mongo back on the field, which wouldn't shock me, I guess like he had, he had not retired that long ago before this, right? Like the
1: uh, maybe 91, 92. So, I mean, it's within the know. realm.
0: I'll look it up. Especially if he starts getting active in wrestling and the scene that he can still kind of go. Um, uh, we see DiBiase kind of observing still from the crowd We get a good pop for Sting and Luger. It's it's a unique match as well. It's a good main event with a mix of talent. We spin into a brawl with all four guys going at it. We get some good kicks by Mongo, who really lays one in on Luger's ribs. We get a hard shot. Good focus heat segment on Luger from there. Mongo gets his quick hits, and Benoit carries the load. A good team, honestly, working together. Bischoff sends a shout out to Kevin Green. The Panthers are taking on your Atlanta Falcons this weekend. Bischoff will be at the game. Sting gets a hot tag, cleans house as we come down the home stretch. Bischoff says Luger's looking lethargic and out for a while, saying it with an accusatory tone. Kind of maybe he's leaving Sting out to dry, but he really just did take a shit kicking. Hogan comes out, gets in Mongo's face as he's battering Luger on the floor, which is a cool random showdown, Hogan versus Mongo. Uh, Hall and Nash pop up from the crowd, and they beat the shit out of Mongo in the aisle as Bobby takes off, and we get a disqualification officially for the match, uh, which I guess we'll look at the match first, then we'll talk about the post-match. A uh, fun brawl, with a lot of chaos toward the end. Benoit and Mongo are a fun little team, I thought. They actually had pretty good chemistry out there. I liked Luger mm-hmm. in the heat segment, and Bischoff, I don't, I, I, so I went two and three quarters on the match, but I don't know if Bischoff is trying to purposely be like aloof because they're starting to hint at what's to come, or is he just being annoying? Because, like, the DiBiase stuff, he's banging home, he's, like, forcing things that aren't there. He's just not as effortless in playing up the paranoia, if that's what he's trying to do. Um, or, again, if he's trying to throw scent on stuff, uh, which is fine, but, again, either way, it feels, like, very heavy-handed.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um... I thought it was fine, but maybe that's because I know where it's headed. Um, two and three quarters for me too. Uh, Mongo finished in '94. Uh, he played with the uh, with the uh, Packers. Remember, he had okay, Yeah, so I ago. mean, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's so really he's just a, a year and a half off the field, really. So. Yeah, yeah, really. Only the '95 season, so uh, he. Could have made a little comeback there. Um, I, I did like the crowd was up for the main event. I agree with you. Mago and Benoit actually had a good team. Yeah. Um, Mago, this is probably the best he's looked actually in ring. He was mm-hmm. uh, solid tonight, and Benoit. I think it's pretty, pretty suited best,
0: best. attack yeah, to be the big attack. guy in the tag in a heel tag yeah, team. Yeah,
1: agreed. Uh, Benoit was pretty vicious. He gives that short on clothesline, uh, slaps Luger, gives him a nasty belt. Elbow drop, Mongo comes in with a really good looking backdrop, too. Uh, the hot tag I thought was good. Um, the crowd when Sting gets the hot tag, they're distracted by something that's going on. I don't know if it was a fight, uh, because originally I thought, oh, this is where the outsiders come in, but they came in on the opposite right. side, so I don't know what was going on. Uh, and then you get the finish with you know, kind of Hogan out with the spray paint, mm-hmm. whatever, but the, the, the. Sequence to set that up, where Mongo posts Luger on the outside, and then you get the big dive by Steen from the top rope at the knees of Benoit. Uh, that was all well done to lead yes. to our finishing angle.
0: I loved Hogan and Mongo's confrontation. It's so fucking random. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan backing off, yeah. The NWO smash Mongo into the post. They paint NWO on his back. Benoit catches a uh, outsider edge, and Sting takes a nasty Jack-like power bomb, and they both get spray-painted. Arn and Flair come out to make the save, but Hogan sprays the paint in both their faces to stop them. Hogan then paints a black streak in Flair's hair. We get trash, we get booze. The NWO celebrate and grandstand over the carnage. They then head to the announce table as Bischoff runs away. They joke and brag and kind of spray-paint the set some funny stuff to close some funny jokes uh wild scene really to end the show uh and uh, overall i mean it's a sleepy outing i thought of nitro given their opportunity but the nwo stuff the main event looks like all tremendous the heat was great they were just on fire and we're just at the point right now in this promotion where and we'll get there with dirty f eventually too right a couple years later where no matter what everything else is the top act is so hot that that's all fans give a shit about. So yeah. yes, the rest of the show and the booking is questionable and Jean's doing this and that and this and that and but like none of it matters because all they give a shit about is the NWO and as long as that delivers on the night, that's all they give a fuck. you know they're happy.
1: Yeah, this was a show I was ready to get five or below two till the final sequence right mm-hmm. here because uh, I thought it was below average. And then it's all of a sudden turned into a really chaotic scene. Uh, I think an underrated beat down by the NWO because I don't I didn't remember this one. Um, and it's nuts. Like mm-hmm. they kill the horsemen uh, in Sting and Luger. All that looks good. The spray paint looks trashy and good uh, that they do. And then the crowd, like I said, that sucked all night, all of a sudden was really invested, which kind of throws to that theory that, again, yes. like they're gaining these fans that are really on there to see the main event thing. Um, but they start pelting the ring with garbage and the NWO stooging in the ring and looking great, like celebrating matches, mm-hmm. like knocking drinks out of midair, uh, which is fun. Uh, and then they go to announce food for the first time. First of all, Bobby bells very quickly.
2: Oh, yeah, he's, exactly. he's out, he's out when love. they, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, he's like, I'm out of here. You hear him drop his headset. Uh, and then like Eric is like, Wait a minute, where are they headed? And then he bells. Um, so that's pretty cool. I, I like some of the, uh, you know, they do the NWO on the nitro mm-hmm. sign, Hogan spray paints. They go, Here's the NWO, and then, um, Hogan gets in the line like anything less would be civilized to uh play yes. off his uh, old spice uh right commercial. Guard. What right guard that's right, right. old spice <laughs> was old spice that was an old uh kind of deodorant or cologne, right? Too or no, Am I old spice? This is still one. Oh, it's still one now. Oh,
0: you're, you're still doing the old spice,
1: uh, but yeah, <laughs> right well, guard. Still, uh, uh,
0: that was the most popular commercial ever with the, the mom song. <laughs> Old Spice made a, made a man of my son. Okay. I don't know if Right Guard's still around. It probably is. Uh, psychos, psychos use it. Uh, yeah, but uh,
1: not too familiar with Right Guard. But yeah, I, I like that. He did the, the play off of that, and then they kind of sign off. Uh, and then I liked at the very end of the sign off, they cut back to DVIC count to five. So, you know, if you need one more reminder of uh, what your big book is mm-hmm. for next week, it's it's that. So really strong. I mean, main event was good, what it needed to be. And uh, then the last five minutes are just completely nuts. So really strong into a pretty sleepy outing.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one overall but when the big the big hit hits like that's all you really need like they they got the it's almost like a team that was down three nothing going to the ninth and they had the big rally to win it like that yeah it felt like. yeah a, you at half a sleep offense all game and then all of a sudden they wake up in the ninth and that's what this felt like they pulled it together when it mattered and won um yeah and it sets up a big night ahead which is gonna be uh, a big deal to come and like they are cruising at to fall bro. like they're the top angle is red high. You almost don't even need anything else on the card. I mean, that war games, we've seen the horseman singing Luger versus the NWO. And then even if you want to toss Sa- savage giant in, like you really don't need anything else announced if you didn't want to like that alone sells that card more than anything else you could put on there.
1: Right. Agreed.
0: All right. Let's get to our awards to wrap things up a uh, match of the night. I went all the way back to our opener with Kidman and Hoovey.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I have uh, three matches at two and three quarters, and the Kidman hoovie actually isn't one of them. Uh, I ended up
0: going with Wright and Jericho. But... Yeah, just a weird night of in ring. Yeah, we didn't get that one match I usually get on Nitro.
1: Yeah, not that I didn't think we had like that one good match, so a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, you would actually on
0: paper think it'd be the Horseman versus press, but. Wasn't. yeah just didn't get the time and the structure nah. all right i was kind of torn on moment um I, I went with the attack because yeah the DiBiase moment is like more memorable but to your point that attack was like unbelievable it's one you never really see or hear about um so just to jump ahead i went mvp of DiBiase. so i, I kind of split the middle to give DiBiase the the moment because he was like the focal point of the show but to give the the attack the best moment of the show more so than his four fingers
1: yeah i actually did the same thing um i think it would have been very easy to just uh have dbic join up here yes so again i think it showed some pretty good restraints that mm-hmm. you you know you've already teased next week's five whatever that means so even if dbic joins here it's like oh well, we're still getting a member like right. there's still a hook but to even leave that in the dark, that you don't know what DiBiase is talking about, even with the four and then with the five, then that makes it, to me, even more compelling. I thought that
0: was mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did a great job with it. And yeah, the, the restraint in the episodic booking has been unlike anything we've really seen. I mean, I don't even know when the last time Dirty F put on this level of episodic forethought and restraint, I mean, the mega powers maybe, <laughs> Like it may be all the way back then, or maybe like uh, up Savage to this player. point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You well, know Brett, I would say early uh, Brett and Owen.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Brett and Owen. Yeah, yeah. They really held back on that. You're right. So right. yeah, that'd be the last time. Before that, I would say maybe Hogan Warrior was probably before that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or uh,
0: or Warrior Savage. But yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's pretty rare. Like, I mean, they're they're doing a good job, and I mean, like Brett and. Oh, and, uh, did, you know, a lot of that's they're doing, too. So, they're, you know, right, the two right. principles. So. All
0: right. Uh, a bunch of commentary lines here tonight. That's not Guerrero. It's Guerrero. Too close for me. That was Larry. No comprende, Espanol <laughs> amigo. That was Gene. You have to give it a rest and try with someone else, pal. That was Gene. I used to see kids sit in classrooms, pull the wings off flies. And this guy used to use used kittens. That was Larry. Fans don't have the idea what's going on. They shoot off opinions. They boo. They put thumbs down. Athletes have the right to tell the fans to shut up. I always did it. It's jealousy on the part of the fans. They buy tickets. You sit in the chair and shut up. That was Larry's big rant in the fans that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> his head got much bigger than his neck. That was Larry. It's a shame the future WCW depends on a madman, a berserk individual. That was <laughs> Bobby about Savage. And then Bobby's great line to Bischoff. What did you co-sign for a house with this guy yeah. after he's put him over so much? So, A lot of Larry, uh, for sure, tonight. Uh, no shots fired, actually. Nope. Um, and debuts, we had a few. We had yeah. UV, we had DiBiase, and we had Chris Jericho. So pretty yeah. big nitro as far as big names.
1: Big night for
0: debuts? Uh, let me see, when was the last
1: time we had a debut, period? Well, we had the Who, Big Ron Stud, but uh, Ultimo was probably the last big yeah, one. Yeah, I would say Ultimo at Hogwild. So it's been about mm-hmm. a month since anybody, you know, big and debuted.
0: But even looking at beyond that, like, you probably go back to Farouk mm-hmm. to be this big, and then maybe Pillman. On WF, like if you're, I mean, talking like big deals, you know what I mean? Like Jericho level. What about Kevin Kelly? Yeah, I'm in <laughs> in ring. The um, Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, all right, no dropped angles uh, that I noticed. And final grade, uh, you know, I'm with you. I was about to kind of give it like a mid-level grade, which would have been one of the lower nitros that we've mm-hmm. had. But I ended up going six out of 10 because that final segment was worth like a point plus in itself.
1: Yeah, 6 out of 10 for me, like still on the weaker end of the Nitro mm-hmm. as we've seen, but uh, Final Angle kind of bailed them out, so they ended up sticking the landing, which is good. Uh, overall, too, the rating, you know, uh, being unopposed, mm-hmm. that was pretty interesting. They did a 4.2. Okay, so, so big long, number. Yeah, I mean, last last week was 3.5, uh, so, so they got a decent bump i mean 4.2 not bad. they didn't get the whole audience they just got a chunk yeah i mean but we know that like you know mm-hmm. it's easy to say like oh well you know the, the so this double- is the worst right right
0: so this is the worst nitro sense for us or for me anyway since june 24th which was right after right before bash at the beach um everything else has been above a six since then that sounds about right (laughs) that had Holland Nash that was an early Holland Nash one
1: I mean, that's huh. pretty good. Like, I don't think they've had a bad nitro since.
0: No, that's two months. I mean, that's. And, and even well, that well, was. I mean, you know, I a not and it was and bad a half.
1: either. Yeah, like, any below five or five and below. Like, I don't know. Since May, maybe.
0: Honestly. The worst grade we gave was when Hall showed up. We gave yeah, yeah, because that episode. Yeah, that episode yeah, was that a episode weird episode. episode.
1: Yeah. yeah. So.
0: so. It's been a while. I mean, really, their pay per views and, and Clash, you know, dip down now and then. But Nitro has been so consistently better than mid grade um, this whole almost a whole year. So And the pay per views since out.
1: Hall debuted too have been good. So, yeah, because he had Bash at the Beach, Gray Badge, Bash, all while This one's setting up nicely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're just a very hot promotion right now.
0: Yep, the cruising. All right, so on our next episode, we'll get back uh, to Dota EF as well. So we're going to do the nine-two Nitro, and then the nine-six Raw Championship Friday to go with it. Um, and then we'll be back on track when Raw gets back to Monday a few days later after that. So we will hit both promotions next week. Uh, we have two more Raws before. Uh, I'm sorry, no, we got a we got a bunch more. We get three more Raws before Mind Games. Yeah. But just two more nitros before Fall Brawl, so we'll see. You know what big stuff happens, and it's there's some big stuff coming before we get to Fall Brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're just two weeks left, so lots to talk about. Uh, Chad, anything you wanted to talk about quick on North and South? Uh, no,
1: we can just give a quick uh, generic shield that we've got stuff going every day now mm-hmm. going with the Grinoso Daily. Uh, on the weekends uh, all the pods are still firing off uh, that little March Madness preview as we talked Mm -hmm. about so when this comes out you can go back and listen to see how uh, we unleashed the reach and see how great or terrible his predictions were (laughs) along with uh, Mike Rossi Uh, and yeah just continue to check it out
0: Uh, give us a nice review that would help as well and uh, that's all I got Yep, check it out. Connection. Share, spread the word. Appreciate it. Also, smell the napalm. We'll be back in two weeks' time with some more
1: wrestling work. Take
2: care.
1: Right, man. Stop at the light, man, my yesterday night thing Got me hung off the night train You
0: fade, I fake, so let's head to the east Hit the stroll to 9 so we can roll big sheets. I wish I could fade the eight, but I'm no budget Still rolling the two dough, cut the same old bucket Foggy window, soggy endo I'm in the land getting smoked with my
2: kid, Up in
1: smoke, yuck, I spray your layer down Up in the OAK, the town Homies don't play around, we down there blaze a pound Then ease up, speed up through the ESO Drink the
2: VSOP up, whip the lemon squeeze up And everybody's roller. up, I'm the roller That's
1: quick to fold up, blunt out of a bunch of sticky
2: doja Hold up, suck up my weed, it's all you do, kicking feet Cause we're IP's, we need to have like the foofoo.